live, and this is the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Jeremy Johnson. There's Jake Roos. He is with us. Um, we are glad to be here tonight. Uh, and honestly, like, I'm just glad to kind of be on a little bit of a normal schedule. We talked about this on Bark After Dark. Roos and I talked about, uh, you know, being creatures of habit. And uh, we're finally kind of back on a little bit of a normal schedule. We're going to continue, I think, to kind of tweak the schedule um, now that we're in the new year and try to find some things that work uh, a little bit better for everybody. But ultimately, glad to be back with you here on a, on a Sunday night. And uh, guys, Friday, Georgia never ceases to amaze Jay Gross. Friday, they just dumped three uh, guys deciding to come back on a Friday. I mean, I mean, Boy, they, they know how to do their PR, don't they? I yeah, mean, they, they sure know how to bury a good story. <laughs> just masters of it. I, yeah, I can't understand that, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, look, doesn't really matter how you get them back, when you get them back. What's important is that you do get them back. And that's the big thing for Georgia. Um, yeah, huge decisions for them. Um, bring back Nazir Stackhouse. Uh, Xavier Truss and and Tate Ratledge um, on Friday. Uh, I I find it that we're still waiting on Warren Brinson. Um, Maybe he won't. I, you know, he he almost came out and just said, I don't know if y'all saw the interview with Aaron Murray that he did, but he almost just came out right out then and said that he was coming back. So I wonder if he'll even say anything. Yeah, it's almost like a situation where he just, if I don't say anything, then I'm coming back. I mean. No, yeah, where, like where'd you think I was going? I, I didn't. I never told you I was leaving. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that and, and listen, it's huge because if all of those guys come back, I mean, if if, if Warren Brinson does event, you know, ultimately come back, over five thousand snaps. Crazy. Um, between those four guys coming back, I believe now, something. Wait, now, Jake, I, I got to ask you though. I was told that Xavier Trust was no good and that he should be pushed out the door. Several fans told me that. Oh God. <laughs> like listen i mean can we be reasonable like can we can we just oh. kind of can we kind of get our hands around reason here like am i sitting here telling you that xavier truss is is, is a first round prospect no i'm not or hell, hell i don't even know if he'll get drafted but that doesn't matter what we do know is he can play winning football at four different positions in the sec and that is so valuable. Like, I mean, listen, if I had to sit here and I had to pick, it would be a tough battle with Tate Ratledge simply because I know that Georgia has Micah Morris and Dylan Fairchild. I mean, I know they need a little bit of depth at guard, but it'd be a tough, it would be a tough, you know, a little bit tighter there. I would definitely take Warren Brinson and I would definitely take Nazir Stackhouse back before Xavier Truss. I would. But it's still an extremely important addition because I'll be honest with you, like I was sitting here looking at because I get asked every offseason, whether it's a radio show, you get all these uh, you, you guys have been there, especially you, Roos. I mean, because you get to talk a little bit more team stuff. Jeremy, you're a little bit more on the recruiting side of things and been doing national for a little bit. Um, but you get these stations out of Little Rock, Arkansas and 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 Oklahoma City and and Dallas and, and you know, they want to do interviews and they ask you, well, wait, hey, man, does George even have a weakness? And you got to come up with something because they're really, you, you know, there haven't been a whole lot of glaring weaknesses. And I, I was sitting there kind of making some notes the other day and I was like, man, tackle depth is, is nasty. Like, I mean, that's, that's where it could get, you know, hectic for Georgia, because if you look at the schedule or not, sorry, you look at the past few years, it's been 2017 since Georgia kind of kept the same two offensive tackles starting for every ball game. Now it could have technically happened in 2020 because they didn't, you know, Trey Hill, you know, misses some time. And uh, I think uh, 
somebody opted out, I want to say, and you ended up with basically, uh, I think Ben Cleveland maybe didn't play in that get playing that Chick Fil A ball, but you had Jamari Sawyer move into right left guard, and Xavier Trust started left tackle, so you didn't have the same two tackles start every game. But ultimately, what I'm getting at there is. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries at tackle, and somebody gets banged up and has to miss a game or two here, a game or two there. I mean, you're you're going to be really glad you had Xavier Trust. I know they were really glad they had Xavier Trust ready to play this year when Amarius Mims went down. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I think you got it. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to a uh, um, a guy we've had on uh, Bark After Dark, and that I know everybody's familiar with, Brooks Austin, um, <clears> because <throat> he posted uh, he posted a, a really good meme. Somebody was like, ah, oh, you know, you got to get rid of him. And it was the guy checking out the girl, you know, while he's holding his girlfriend's <laughs> hand. And it said, it said returning starter on the girl he was holding the hand of. And then it said, uh, uh, possible like talent. And then, uh, the guy was dumbass. <laughs> and he's checking <laughs> yep. Mark, Mark after dark alum, Brooks Austin. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, that's a perfect way to sum it up, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, I understand if, 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 uh, Xavier Trust doesn't exactly like, you know, light your fire. I understand. I get it. It's he's not exactly like you said, there's a potential that he may not even be drafted, right? But the the fact of the matter is the guy knows the scheme. He knows what it takes to succeed at Georgia. He's going to bring leadership, if nothing else, uh, to the room. He's got uh, countless starts under his belt. He's got snaps under his belt. I mean, the guy has done it all, and he's done it successfully for a long time. Started at all four positions. All he has started at least one game at all four, are, four positions. No, I understand, and I understand there are more there are more exciting prospects out there than Xavier Trust. I get it, but at the end of the day, I, I don't. I just don't know how you can not be pleased to bring a guy like that back, especially given the fact that you have the spots to do it. Right? I mean, they had to account for that fact. It's not like you're. It's not like you're throwing some other guy out the door uh, in order to keep him on. So I just can't wrap my head around people not being excited about that. I mean, you bring in six, what five, six, six new freshmen. I mean, yeah. what? Who better to show these guys how to eat right, how to work out right, how to be on time to meetings than a guy that's been here for five, six years? You know, it's like, and the offensive line position is one of the positions where it takes the most seasoning and it takes the most. You know, Kirby Smart kind of alluded to it in his press conference. These guys are talented football players. They're big and they're strong and they're physical, but a lot of them are 350, 360. Like, something that's too heavy to play football at Georgia. Xavier Trust has been there and done that. So, yeah, I was going to say, look at Nair Daniels in the All American game this past yeah. week. I mean, yeah. he's not, look, the guy is a very talented prospect. He's got all the size in the world. He ain't walking in and competing for starting reps in his no. current in his current uh, physical state. It's just not happening. So he's going to have to put that work in. Like you said, Jeremy, I can agree completely, man. If you've got a guy who can show them those ropes, that's like having another. Uh, that's like having another coach on the field. Yeah. Uh, and, not and, only uh, that, I'll add to it. You got a guy who 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 waited his turn, right? Mm -hmm. And in this yeah. day of the portal age and everything like that, when these guys get homesick, when these New Jersey kids. And and New York kid and Marcus Harrison when they get lonely they're like man I this sucks I you know I'm I'm too far away from home this is hot all this stuff I mean it's great to have that voice there and listen I know I know Georgia fans you know I I know some of you listen I love all of you but some of y'all have skulls like cotton okay you are <laughs> just absolutely soft up there sometimes okay um, but but it, what it comes down to here is. 
I know you want to see new guys. I know you want to see what the young guys have. Well, you getting to see that's not important. What's important is the coaches getting to see that in practice, and if they're ready, they'll play. Like, do I think a Michael Looney could come in and and potentially put himself in the mix like Monroe Freeling did last year? Absolutely. I think he absolutely could. And and I, you know, I've kind of long had the belief that that he would be the guy out of all of the all of the big offensive linemen they signed simply because he was the one that wasn't, you know, 360 or 355. Uh, him and Marquise easily, that they would be the ones because they're early enrollees. They'd have a chance to come in and maybe, you know, do something this spring and, and get themselves in position to play a little bit. Um, because Georgia's fine at guard. I mean, they they go too deep at both positions. They go, they have four SEC caliber guards with Xavier Truss. All right. And now they've got three SEC caliber tackles with Xavier Truss. And uh now the really the the thing they got to do is develop some depth at center. This really takes a big you know, Stacey Searles had plenty on his plate yesterday, uh, plenty on his plate of late, you know, getting out of the hospital with, with pneumonia and things like that. And, and you know, obviously we thought some prayers still got to coach to get make a full recovery. I'm just checking on that today, and it sounds like he's doing real well. Um, but ultimately, that's one thing he can check off is like trying to find a third tackle. Now let's try to find a th- fourth tackle and a second center and, and, and all that stuff. I think all that's really important. And, uh, you know, this, obviously I see, see Walt, um, sorry, is it Digi or Diggy? Um, uh, you know, it's, he says, Brinson replied to Tate's uh, comment about coming back saying, take it easy on me in one verse once. Listen, we fully expect him to come back. He just, we just don't know if he's actually going to announce it or not. Um, you know, would be very surprised if he doesn't come back. Uh, which Roos, which one was the other one? Uh, you know, we've, we've kind of belabored the, the trust point, but was there either, either of the other ones, stand out to you as particularly large? You know, I mean, obviously, I I think I think they're all big, really. I mean, because of the position that they play. Those guys, the trench guys on either side of the ball, man, to bring back experience and size there, uh, you just can't beat it. I mean, as talented, like like Jeremy said, you're bringing in six freshmen on the uh, offensive line. You're bringing in, what, five, six guys on the defensive line at this point, too, including a transfer in Xavier McLeod, who might as well be considered a freshman. I mean, he had it. He wasn't with USC the whole time. So, you know, I think that getting those guys back, you know, they can play. You know that they know how these coaches think and operate. You know, they know the scheme. It is what it is, man. I mean, that to me, these are the big ones. I mean, Carson's huge. There's no question about that. It's the most important position on the field. But outside of that, I think these are the biggest returners that you could have because I think that the trenches are so hard to stock. Look, we've talked about this. People keep asking on the board and things like this. We see it in the comments here sometimes as well. Can they go get an impact maker defensive line? Listen, everybody in the country needs an impact maker on the defensive line. That's not a Georgia-specific issue, okay? Everybody wants that dude. So if you can bring your own dudes back and you already know what they can do and you already know that they know all those things, to me, that's huge. There's there's just no underselling that. And I'm really – I'm a little bit um, put off by the fact that people are – seemingly like upset about this i I can't wrap my head around that reasoning i just can't i can't get behind it like i said i get it everything's new and flashy and that seems exciting but the guys who have been there and done it that's incredibly hard to replace you don't start 25 30 football games at georgia if you can't play football 
You yeah. just don't. So like that experience will be invaluable this time next year. You just never know. I mean, now Stackhouse playing the zero technique, three technique, and being able to get in front of that in front of that huddle before games and tell those guys this is the standard. Like you can't, you can't buy that. So I mean, like you said, everybody wants that dude, but there's only probably five of them in the country. Sure. And Georgia has a couple of them. So yeah. I mean, Michael Williams is one of them. So you know, it's yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jake. It's 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 very annoying to hear sometimes, but you know. It's going to be – everybody's going to want the excitement for sure. I get it. I get it. And, and I think there's a – I think there is a good, you know, a good little understanding to be had here, which is why is Nazir Stackhouse coming back? He probably didn't have the 2023 that he wanted to have. All right? Mm-hmm. I think we could probably all agree with that. I I mean, wasn't blown away by him. Think, thought he had some good moments. Thought Georgia – uh, still had a very good defense and a very good defensive line, even though it wasn't up to the caliber that it was the past two years. Mm-hmm. But then some of those same folks will try to tell you he's just a, he's just a depth piece. Georgia's not going to win big if Nazir Stackhouse is playing a lot of snaps and starting ball games. Well, he started 15 ball games and played more snaps than any other defensive lineman in 2022. And I don't think you have to really get Georgia fans to think hard about what happened that year. Okay, and and they were really good. Um, now, I think Nazir Stackhouse is coming back because he wants to finish strong. And I think if he comes back and he does finish strong, personally, I think probably, you know, eight, 10 pounds lighter, then you're looking at a guy that may can get drafted on day two of the NFL draft. Um, hell, I mean, I, I would have never thought Devontae Wyatt could have been a first round pick and he sure. came back for a fifth year and, and, yeah. and became one. So, um, you know, listen, Nazir didn't have his best year this past year, but I think he was probably a little better than folks, you know, would, would give him credit. And the Georgia defense was better than folks would give him credit. I mean, listen, I mean, you, I keep going back to this, but you look at that Michigan game, that Michigan Alabama game and everybody's like, man, we need dudes like Michigan. Do you? Because Alabama's two bad snaps losing nine yards, nothing to do with the defensive line, just two mistakes of their own. If they don't have those, they've got 43 carries for 190 yards against Michigan's defense. That's a lot better than they did against Georgia. Yeah. A lot better. Sounds a lot different when it comes when you take the two snaps away. Sounds yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, even if they're even Jeremy, even if they're in there, you're looking at 43 for 171. Yeah. Georgia only gave up 114 yards. Yeah. It's you know, <laughs> and, I mean, it's Georgia gave up 114 yards against Alabama, and one of those was kind of a a 30 yard run there late in the game. Milrow had to have it, and he was on it, and he did his job, and that's great. But ultimately, man, Georgia was extremely close. I still think that all three of us are on the beat of of the best team in the country, and and I, I completely understand why they're not in it. I'm completely okay with it. I'm completely with Colin. Whoever wins the national championship on Saturday is national champion. I also know that if they play Georgia on a neutral field, Georgia's going to be favored, and I would pick Georgia to win. And that it is what it is. But uh, you know, three peat was always going to be really difficult. I got my back scratcher out right here. I keep when pushing. do you think? When do you think the national championship game is happening? Tomorrow night. <laughs> Saturday. Oh, sorry. I, I, I got this. I got this college football thing stuck in my head about it. they're playing on Saturday. Why isn't it on Saturday? It would be great yeah. on a Saturday. But yeah, speaking of which, well, I guess we should talk about the national championship while we're here. I mean, I, who are you guys picking? I'm curious. I, I'm I'm going to pick Washington. I'm going Washington too. I am as well. I I feel go same. dogs. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I, I I made my feelings clear on the or on the bark after dark the other day. I don't feel like you should be allowed to participate if you're currently under active investigation. Just my 
just mm-hmm. might be. I don't know. I mean, it's it's listen. It's it's hard to like Michigan, man. I mean, and I say that as somebody who who recently kind of fell in love with uh, Jack Harbaugh. Um, after seeing Jack Harbaugh and his wife interviewed after the Rose Bowl, I don't know if y'all saw that interview. Yeah. Um, I kind of I I think Jack Harbaugh's pretty cool. I think um, he looks he he looks like Jim Harbaugh in an old man. Oh my God, does he not? <laughs> I mean, looks just like him. I kind of felt honestly. I say he's pretty cool. I think he's pretty cool by being a giant goober, because um, yeah. he's just like Jim. Um, it's funny. I, I wonder how uh, I wonder how you know John came out. You know, kind of normal in in some ways. Yeah. But his mom was cool as all get out. His dad seemed fun as all get out. I mean, it was all of that was great. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the Connor Stallions thing, and and you know, Michigan you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, he won't even come out and answer questions about his future. Did you see the thing? Did you see the thing yesterday? I guess it was where he was like, uh, he was fumbling around trying to figure out how to answer about his future. He goes, "Hey, how about this? I have one. I have a future." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. more than me and you can say, Rose. No question. Yeah, I, J- yeah. Jeremy's got one. I don't know if we do. I'm day to day, buddy. I'm day to day. So let's talk about this U.S. Army All American game because to me, now that that game's over and all of those guys that played in that game, not all of them are enrolling early, early, but some of them who played in that game are enrolling early at Georgia. I think it now that kind of kicks off the Georgia offseason. Um, now that KJ Bolden and Nair Daniels and uh, I keep wanting to call him Justin Thomas, he, I'm sure he's not a scratch golfer. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Thomas, um, and Justin Green, Justin Green, Jordan Thomas, and Justin Green. Jordan Thomas comes in there at three three twenty two. Justin Green at two eighty eight. Mm-hmm. At the Green, uh, at the Army All American game, that kind of Jordan blew me away. Thomas a bad man. Who's that? Thomas, a bad man. Jordan yeah. Thomas. Now, yeah. both of them, really, in my estimation, I really like both of those guys. But Jordan but, Thomas, dude, he's got some size to him that people need to respect. That is he's, tremendous for them to come in heavy, though, because yeah. as Matt Godwin has told us, they're Georgia's a weight loss program. You know, mm-hmm. like Georgia is – Georgia, most of the guys drop weight. And so now, you know, spring practice rolls around. Jordan, you know, Jordan Thomas is probably going to be 310, 315. And Justin Green's going to maybe be 275, and that's probably going to be exactly where Georgia wants and needs them to be. And both of them had pretty good weeks of practice. Uh, Jeremy, you, you're you obviously, you know, looking at these guys and you followed them in their recruitments. Anything that stood out to you from the U.S. Army All-America Week? I know you weren't there, but but a chance to kind of look at clips and read what was going on. Yeah, I was just impressed with how explosive Jordan Thomas was in a short, like, spaces like he's I knew he was good and athletic but just seeing him go against other you know other guys that are good as well was definitely impressive um seeing Nitro Nitro Tuggle get the opportunity to compete against KJ Bolden was was uh that was a bright a good thing to see just because those guys and they may not know each other that well but they've already kind of got that mutual respect that hey you know we're, we're going to Georgia we're going to a place where we're going to compete um I, I've always loved Nitro Tuggle's game so just seeing him be able to do that against KJ, who I've watched since he was the ninth grader, so I know what he can do. But seeing him be able to go out there and make some plays against him kind of answered any questions of, hey, this guy's playing up there in Indiana. We don't know who his competition is. It answered those questions if anybody had any about him. I think he's a, I think he's going to be a dynamite player at Georgia. Yeah, that, uh, that Frazier kid can run a little bit. Too, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty fast, yeah. just a little bit. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I thought both of those guys, Chauncey Bowens and uh, and Nate Frazier, uh, looked pretty good on the hoof, man. Um, and like you said, to me, Nitro Tuggle, one of those guys, I really hated that he didn't get that senior season at IMG Academy yeah. because I really wanted to see him against guys like Ellis Robinson on the consistent, right, and see how that would sharpen his game. Obviously, he didn't get that chance. I'm a big fan of his game, too, Jeremy. And to me, I like I see a lot of um, Tyler Williams. I know that that probably won't excite a lot of people because he didn't break through in his freshman year in the way that many people may have hoped. But I think that they do some of those same things. Well, high point the ball. Well, I think that they're physical. Um, and I think that their best football is ahead of both of those guys. So, um, yeah, KJ, good week for him. But, yeah, you got to be excited, I think, between the Under Armour game and the, uh, and the, uh, the Adidas game. To see those guys in the trenches get some work, man. Like you said, Jake, um, they came in at the right size. I think they'll be able to pare it down from there. It's hard to put weight on. Um, it's not as hard to take it off. Yeah. I do want to add, before we go on, I want to add about the Under Armour game. I've talked to some people who were down there. Obviously, Ellis Robinson was great. But everybody lights up when they talk about Justin Williams. I don't know. I haven't seen him in person. But he's, it sounds like he's the one that's that – you know, kind of blew people away down there in Orlando as well, too. He did his size and athleticism and just ability to play sideline to sideline. He really, he really turned a lot of heads of people who didn't necessarily know who he was uh, two weeks ago. So, shout out to uh, Bark After Dark alum, uh, Bernard, uh, and, Justin. Bernard. and Justin. Yeah, true. Both of we them. We had both of them. Bernard's way and, cooler. And shout you. out to my man, Uncle Glenn Hartley, back to back. Hey, I appreciate Glenn. Uh, look, you got to celebrate it tonight. There'll be a new national champion uh, this time tomorrow. So one more night. Uh, get it in one more time, baby. That's that's the way to do Lay it. Lay your head on your pillow one more time with Georgia as the national champions. No doubt. Um, and it's, it's all over tomorrow by the time you go to bed. Um, all right. So, Jeremy and Jake, lay it out for us in terms of the offseason means recruiting. So what happens? What happens next from here? Uh, they didn't host anybody this weekend, but kind of lay out the next few weekends for us because obviously this 2024 class is, is pretty much uh, got a bow on it. Yeah, junior day is coming. That's the big thing. Um, the next couple of weeks will be filled up with that. Um, you know, you'll see coaches on the road as well. Uh, George coaches will get out, hit it hard. I'll be interested to see, you know, they did the, what was it, the 100 schools? Was that last year? That was in the, yeah, last year. Last year, I think it was, yeah. Um, that, so I'll be interested to see kind of how they approach that. Uh, do you do something similar? Do you What do you try to do to jazz it up this time, right? I think that that's important. Um, but, you know, coaches on the road, you're going to see a lot of offers starting to go out as well. Um, we've seen a few of them already. Dante Williams been pretty active in that regard. Yeah. Um, several West Coast guys have picked up some offers, had a chance to speak to them. And uh, also spoke to our buddy Scott Schrader over at WeRSC.com for some good insight on Dante Williams and who he is uh, as a coach, as a person. Um, he's had some really, really positive things to say about him and really said, too, uh, which I thought was interesting, that it was kind of just time for a fresh start for everybody. It felt good for Dante to start over. It felt good for USC to start over. You know, um, so it worked out well. But I, I talked to some guys who uh, have picked up some of those recent offers from him. And they've had some really glowing things to say. So very interested to see uh, how Georgia approaches these coaching visits moving forward. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, that's kind of what I want to know over the next couple of weeks because you kind of, with the junior days coming up, you kind of get to see who who the big targets will be in this class. You kind of get the, you kind of cut through some of the, you know, just guys that have been targeted throughout the early part of the process. But, you know, I'm really interested to see who gets, 
you know, some of these guys that I have seen and, you know, talked to that don't have offers, but have been talking to Georgia. I'm kind of wanting to see, you know, some guys that may pop up that we don't know about right now that are end up, end up being guys that are high on the board, you know, this time next year or into the summer as official visits and everything. Come, that's another thing that's going to quickly get up on us too, is that, you know, these guys are not going to wait forever to start setting up official visits. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure on the date when they can start taking them, but I mean, I already know guys that are starting to, well, yeah, George is on my list of schools I got to get to. Um, so yeah, you know, that's going to be interesting to see as well, just how they handle this. I believe the 2025 class has unlimited official visits. That's correct. Yeah. Um, first time so, we're going to see that. So that's going to be, I, I'm, I want to know, I want to know who's going to take the, the crown there. Like who's going to be the guy who's like, I'm taking like 20. Now. Like yeah. I want, you know, somebody's going to do it and I don't blame them for a damn second. I would do it as well if I had yeah. the ability to do it. But uh, I'm really interested to see how far somebody decides to push that thing. Yeah. And at what point? And at what point do coaching staffs be like, "Look, come on, man! Like, yeah, we, we only got you know, we're not trying to do this either." Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I was a big time recruit, I mean, you don't really have to do this anymore. They'll just go ahead and give you some money. But uh, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, uh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd start driving to all of them, and then they just pay me to drive. You know, because that's how those go. They give you a stipend. It's, to set the plane ticket and all that stuff, I'd be like, "Hey, I, we're driving. We're yeah. just uh, give give me a van and and just haul ass this summer and just have a good time." Um, but I'd be, dude, I'd be all over it. I would probably come back about 18, 20 pounds heavier too. I'd, you know, dude, I'd, I'd and I'd have gear. I'd have so much damn gear from everywhere. I'd have. I mean, I would be. I'd, I'd be, be selling it on Facebook Marketplace. Absolutely, no question. No question. <laughs> you know it, man. I'd be getting autographed pictures of coaches and selling those. I'd be doing the whole nine, man. I'd be doing the whole thing. Somebody that thing looking like Johnny Menzel, huh? Yeah, I'll, be, right. I'll be selling them uh, Oklahoma and Florida Jordan pullovers on all yeah, sure. Facebook. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's gonna be no, but it's. I mean, it's exciting because it, it really is. It's to me when you look around. Um, I think that Georgia has a good in-state class this year. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting, especially at key positions. Defensive line looks fantastic. You got Justice Terry already in the fold. You got some really good pieces, I think, already in this 2025 class that are in the fold for you. And, and holding on to them is obviously going to be a challenge. It is for everybody in the country at this point, um, you know, with how much time there is on this thing. But, you know, uh, the defensive line looks good. The offensive line, they've got some great uh, – some great pieces there uh, in state and around the country. It's a much better offensive line class than it was last year, at least in top end talent, I think. Um, you know, you've got to go find some key pieces. I think that that's, that's key to this whole thing. Uh, edge guys, where do you find your receivers? Um, you know, those are just premiums, though. I mean, how do they approach receiver moving forward? Do we continue to see this emphasis on the portal? Is that kind of the way they're going to deal with this? And then, you know, from the uh, – perspective of the edge guys i mean everybody in the country wants those guys and so yeah. to me that's that's the the rare commodity and um not to say that listen elijah griffin and justice terry are as well there's no question about that but um at david sanders in mm -hmm. in uh, north carolina certainly i mean those are huge huge premium guys but I think that you feel good about where you stand with some of those guys. To me, the edge guys are a little bit more of a head scratcher, at least early on in this class. Jared yeah. Smith over in Alabama, I think, is one that they they would really, 
you know, like Alabama kids, though, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, they seem to have a leg up here early. I mean, shoot, man. I mean, they turned down Jordan Ross in last year's class, basically. No, and he tried to commit, and and uh, they they just didn't want, you know, they didn't they weren't as high on him as the rankings were, and he, you know, kind of ended up having a good All Star game circuit. We'll, we'll see, kind of if that ends up being a good decision, but they don't always make the best ones. Um, let's sure. do some dog stocks uh, before we wrap this thing up. And uh, I want to start um, – I'm going to stock up on Trayvon Walker getting a double-digit sacks in his second season. Um, you know, listen, getting a double-digit sacks in the NFL is not easy. It's definitely not easy when you're having to beat Josh Allen to the quarterback, um, you know, there in in, in uh, Jacksonville. And, um, you know, that, that whole Aiden Hutchinson and, – and, listen, I think the world of Aiden Hutchinson as a football player, he was always going to be a higher floor player than uh than Trayvon but he's used differently he plays on a good team where he's protecting a lot of leads and is able to pass rush more I'll be just looking at some PFF stats and true pass rush snaps were just you know like he had like 30 percent more than Trayvon did this year uh, so I'm not trying to sit here and debate on who's better but what I am saying is you get this you get the 10 sacks in your second year um you know uh, I think we can kind of say that Trayvon is not in bust territory at all um and uh very very solid season for him and you know, listen, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I, I, I believe I, I, Bruce, were you there the day he committed? I was. I was in yeah. Thomaston. Yeah, I was yeah. too. I went down there as well. And uh, I'll never forget I shaking. That. Huh? I don't remember that. Why don't I? Why? I don't know. Why I just remember you? shaking Steed's hand, his dad's name, Steed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Steed, Steed's index finger tickled my elbow when he shook my hand you know he was a big man uh, but, uh, yeah dude he in a different life that guy could have been getting double digit sacks in the nfl in a different life that man would be in an octagon somewhere just <laughs> ripping people in half yeah that's a bad steed, steed walker steed walker's a bad man dude uh, no doubt and i ain't saying steve i'm saying s-t-e-e-d steve yeah. a yeah. noble steed walker. yeah that's yeah it. He Talk about Trayvon Walker. I will get off that rabbit trail. All right. Uh, I'm going to go stock down on the villain, Arthur Smith, man. Uh, just get this guy out of here. Throw him on the Nicholas cage. Yeah, dude. Get rid of this, man. I Listen, he got all pissy with Dennis Allen at the end of the game. You should be pissed at yourself, Arthur Smith. That's who you need to be upset with because you've done such a piss poor job this year. Look, we got to just get some overhaul in this in the Atlanta Falcons, man. I'm going to blow this trumpet for as long as they're going to keep this guy around. He's not it. It's not happening. We got to start fresh. Look, get go get Bill Belichick. Let give him control of the team. Give him some stake. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm just saying, get anybody but Arthur Smith. That's my main thing. Um, but Falcons still in purgatory. I'm just glad we don't have to worry about them and the uh, getting up some sort of home playoff game or something. Or, you know, at least they'll have to consider the man's job because it seemed like they weren't anyway. But like I said, uh, I'm going to do one more stock, and that's going to be about that 2025 class. And again, uh, we're turning that page. Junior Day is getting ready to fire up. I think Georgia is setting up nicely here, man. They've got some good pieces already involved. Some guys I feel really strongly about them keeping. Justice Terry, man, I think is going to – I think that I think they'll hold on. I really do. I, it's not going to be easy. Um, but if you ask me if you had to bet on it today, I think I would take Georgia to land him in the end. And um, that is that can't be underrated, man. Just an absolutely tremendous player. Um they're going to have some trouble with some of these guys keeping them on. Uh, Elise Williams is not going to be easy to keep in the fold. Um, but I, at the 
at the start of the the race, if you will, and that's kind of what this is now that the 2024 class is kind of all sutured up. Um, I do feel good about where Georgia stands. So stock up on Georgia recruiting in 2025. Uh, the early returns are quite positive. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go stock up on, on Matthew Stafford. He's everybody every time. You know, we we look up at the end of the season trying to bury this dude and say, hey, it's time to retire. He's been injured and blah, 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 blah. And then you look up this year and he's had an MVP type year, but he's not involved in the MVP race. And I don't know why the Los Angeles Rams are going back to the playoffs again and they're going to be a tough team to put out. That's that's all I can say. I don't like Los Angeles Rams. I never have. But this year, that is the team that I am watching. That is the team that I'm going to be rooting for because of what Jake uh, just explained earlier about the Atlanta Falcons. We are done for this year with them. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I really like that Los Angeles team. I like what they have in Matthew Stafford. I really feel like this is an opportunity for him to quietly, without the expectations of the first go around, go in and win another Super Bowl. Why not? Why? Who else? Who else in the NFC is just that neck and shoulders above everybody else? You can say sure. the 49ers, but – I think the Los Angeles Rams are very capable of beating them. So, um, yeah, talk up on Matthew Stafford, former Bulldog. Who has it better than us? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, listen, the the um, the Rams uh, kind of building a little Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, everything we touch at wide receiver turns to gold type thing with Puka Nakua and and you know, uh, um, uh, you know Cooper Cup. I mean, these late round draft picks at wideout, kind of finding guys and being like, "Hey, we, we can, uh, we can turn you into something." I mean, listen, they they resurrected Robert Woods's career as yeah. well. Um, you know, whenever he was there, did a lot of great things with Brandon Cooks, but their ability to kind of draft difference makers at wideout um, has been pretty special. I mean, even Van Jefferson, who you know, didn't he didn't he get traded to the Falcons? I'm sorry, he, yeah. he did. Unfortunately for Van Jefferson, yeah, unfortunately for Van Jefferson. Well, he was uh, dropping passes, so they needed him out of the way. They sent him to a team where that wouldn't matter. It so wouldn't matter. Just, yeah. <laughs> Go drop all you want, young man. Yeah, drop everything you can. And I don't want to say that because I, I I covered we covered Van and we we liked Van. Yeah. We wanted Van to end up at Georgia. And Sean was, a, good, Sean was a great Falcon back in the day. So. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah. cover Van, and Van needs to stop dropping passes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Van's a good football player, and I wish him well. Uh, yeah. Another guy, Darius, that, that class, Darius Slayton. You know, mm -hmm. you'll flip on the TV every now and then. You'll see him do something pretty crazy as well. But uh, the, I mean, or listen, the Rams just do such an incredible job of of, of hunting down those late round receivers, uh, and and do a great job. Me and Jake Roos will try to do a great job tomorrow night on Bark After Dark. Join us for that. Tuesday morning will be me and Rusty. Thursday morning will be me and maybe Rusty as well. Um, I know I'll be on here a few more times this week. Um, so uh, don't hold that against the channel. Just, uh, you know, gut it out through me. Listen to what everybody else has to say. But for this episode of The Georgia Show, I'm Jake Rowe, Jake Roos, Jeremy Johnson. A lot of J's, man. Let's get out of here.